Hello, everyone. Welcome to 15 Minutes, a podcast about fame, episode 39. I'm Jamie Berger. Today's episode is a two-parter with two guests looking at fame from very different angles. Once a year, for the past nine years, I am a raider, scorer, reader of the AP English language exam, which means that I fly to a city. Uh, they've moved us around to various cities over the years. And for a week, I and a thousand other educators sit in a gigantic convention center airplane hangar-like room and read hundreds of thousands of responses to one essay question of the three essay questions that come after the multiple choice questions on the advanced placement English exam. So for seven days in a row, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., I read high school students' answer to one question. So a year ago, I started this podcast, and I brought my little recorder with me to, uh, at that last year, it was Kansas City. This year, we were in Tampa. So I brought my little recorder to Kansas City, and I had this idea that I would discuss the kind of fame within a conference convention setting, the, the people who are the stars of the week of scoring. And while it was too ambitious for me to be working every day and do, I did manage to record one person who was kind of the star. We all sit in these gigantic rooms at tables of eight, and each table has a leader, and each room has a leader, and the whole thing has a leader who's a kind of celebrity of the scoring world. But I was in a special little room for an alternate question last year, and that room had a, a star all its own. Uh, a man who's kind of a small, uh, Mickey Rooney-ish almost figure who entertained and joked around and made our week of drudgery go a little faster. So during the very last day, during a break, I walked up to him in the hall and asked him a few questions about fame. And I got some very fun and surprising answers from my first guest, semi-retired teacher, David Harshfield. The second half of the show today is a conversation with a young woman named Sophia Asab, who has just graduated from high school and who I have, whom I have <laughs> worked with uh, as a tutor and academic coach and who I now consider a friend. And we talked about fame as a writer, YouTube fame, and some other stuff that came up. But first, here's David Harshfield, recorded in June of 2016, in the halls of the Kansas City Convention Center. So what's your name? I don't even know. David Harshfield. And 
I've started a podcast that's about fame in all its many aspects. And I wanted to do one episode on this weird little world that we live in for a week where there are celebrities, like the room leader. And I kind of think you're kind of the mayor of our room. Well, thank you. Yes, you, thank you're, you. And you, you, you were a very good mayor. And you made us all, all happier. Thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, how long have you been doing this? This is my 10th year. 10th year. started in 2007 in Daytona. Okay. Have you ever been on a transepoid? Have right. you ever been a table leader? No. No. Do you want it? Be nice, yes. It'd be fun. Uh-huh. Um, have you seen um, the, the cult of David Jolliffe here and the, the, that kind of celebrity? Yes. And have there been others yes. before and before him? Not David Jolliffe was kind of the king when I started. Oh, I see. So, Me too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Now, Peg Hamilton was my table leader one year. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what year. I don't remember. Well, who, who is Peg Hamilton to the uninitiated? She's the one that she puts out the newsletter uh-huh. and she sells the T-shirts. Mm-hmm. I don't remember now what her exact title is, right. but this and, is what she does. And I know it's the, uh, the overall, uh, what's her name this year, this, the leader? Liz. Yeah. yeah Liz. You guys go way back to? Actually, no. I met her this at this... Oh, this year. This reading. Because mm-hmm. you're. Just... I met her. I met her last last Saturday. Um, when I meant, when I talk about scoring AP and about fame, do, do those two seem to have any connection to you in your mind? No. <laughs> How about in life? What does the word fame bring up to you in general? I suppose a success of some kind. Yeah. I've always thought that famous people, whether they're rock stars or. Actors, yeah, because they do have so much money, they live quite a different life yeah. than we do. Yeah. Um, have you ever craved any fame? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it'd be nice to be famous. Yes. <laughs> Was there ever a thing that you did that you you imagined? You know, being a novelist, which probably is what I imagined in my youth. 30 years ago, in 1986, I self-published a book on John Mellencamp, the rock star. No kidding. Were you a big fan? Yep. Did you reach him? He would not talk to me, but I started doing research, and my man, we, I didn't have a computer back then in 1984 when I started the book, so my manuscript is a handwritten manuscript. But eventually, I spoke to his grandmother and his aunt and his uncle. I went to Seymour, Indiana, where he lived. Yeah. And uh, spoke little to... Little pink houses. Yeah. Spoke to whoever would talk to me. That's great. His aunt and uncle, at that time, his aunt and uncle owned the roller rink that uh-huh. was in the small town video. Uh-huh. Can you tell me a couple things I don't know about John Cougar Mellencamp? Yes. <laughs> he hates Cougar. Uh-huh. He went to England. Uh, none of the American record people would would publish it, you know, uh-huh. put out his song. So he went to England and to see Tony DeFreeze, the same guy that made David Boy a household name. Huh. And David Boy said that he would, or I'm sorry, 
Tony DeVries mm-hmm. said that okay, we'll try it and see. Mm-hmm. And it, um, but Mellencamp is really just a small town boy from Seymour, Indiana. That he still lives in Indiana. Yeah, I know. And he mm-hmm. he married an LA girl, brought her. Even they are divorced. They are divorced. He was dating uh, Peg Ryan, and they broke up. And who's he dating now? I can't remember. But it's another well-known actress. Did you ever try to get the book to him? Through his mother, yes. I don't know if John has read it, but his mother read it and said that it's a nice job. That's great. Is it still available? It's hard to... You can find it probably on Amazon.com. Again, realize it's been 30 years. Yeah, I've always found him an interesting guy. He is a nice guy. He is... He probably, John is not a people person. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to interviews yeah. and things like that, he's not necessarily the easiest yeah. person to talk to. As he grows older, yeah. he's become a little more adept. Open. And maybe he's not as concerned what people think. Yeah. But even a month or two ago, he was on one of the late night talk shows Jimmy Fallon I Uh think Um, but he brought his granddaughter with him Uh and I think that's the reason so that the granddaughter can talk and he can talk about the granddaughter and it makes the conversation easier but that's all right. that's That's great Well, thank you. I didn't expect you to tell me you were the most about John Lunk. Yes, well, it usually doesn't come up. The other night it came up, too, and people were surprised. But it just... If you Google David Harshfield, spelled just the way it sounds, Harshfield, and John Cougar, you will find... Manchild for Real, The Life and Lyrics of John Cougar Mellencamp, which is still available on Amazon, although it is a steep $60 collector's price as it is out of print. Although I wasn't lucky enough to be at David's table this year, I did run into him in the halls and told him this episode was about to come out, so I hope he likes it. My second guest is someone I've known for her most of her entire high school career, uh, and we have had talks about fame several times, and I've always threatened that I was going to record her, and then right before her graduation, we finally did sit down with my little machine running. Here is Sophia Asab, recorded in May just a few days before her high school graduation, in a late afternoon, in a quiet classroom, in Gill, Massachusetts. I wanted to do this exact podcast for four years. It's, it's good, I think, sometimes. Yeah. People like it, but I'm fighting with a zillion people now mm-hmm. for years. Yeah, but have you... You're not exactly... It's not like YouTube. You're still... Podcasting is like... Still growing. Still growing. Still a really, a pretty small community. Like, when you go on the podcast app and you look at the reviews, only like t- a thousand people are giving reviews. But mm-hmm. on YouTube, it's like six million, nine yeah. million, eleven million. Like, you still have time to make it in podcast. Well, what if you could get thirty thousand? 
viewers. Well, then you start getting money. Like, it's crazy how much money these people make being YouTube stars. It's almost What would disturbing. you do? What would your YouTube channel be? I think I wish I had done it during high school and made it, like, really typical and kind of laughed at it. Like, clothing hauls and makeup hauls and all those weird stuff because... Because my mom makes so much fun of it and I think it would be funny, mm -hmm. but now that I'm getting older, I think it would be... Vlogs are really interesting and those get a lot of followers too, but it's... How I've heard they ruin lives. Like, I've heard... Well, yeah, I've heard about those stories too. How, yeah. do, how do vlogs differ? Because you're... It's not like... It's not a job, really. You're not like sitting down behind your vanity and have a camera in front of you. Your vlog's just like taking it journal with you. and then yeah. post it on YouTube or post it on a separate another post app? on YouTube. So, and relationships get ruined because of it because you always have this camera. Like you're always, these daily vloggers are kind of sacrificing their lives for viewers. For fame. Yeah. And it's crazy. I, I actually, you asked me if I watched people over the years and there was this one couple that I would go back and watch because it was just really entertaining. Mm -hmm. Definitely not up my alley, but they were called Prings versus Prings. And they were one of the oldest YouTube... Prings versus Prings? Yeah, Prings. Okay. And really old YouTube couple, like started from day one, had t a huge following, and they just broke up. And they did this whole thing, like how vlogs ruined their relationship. Like the YouTube channel didn't. Like when they were just doing Pranks and it was an hour a day, it was okay, but when they just were taking their vlog everywhere, their life completely disappeared, kind of. Mm -hmm. Would you do a YouTube channel if you could? It seems to me hard enough to focus on my voice and my words without seeing my face and thinking about that, too. If somebody was like, Jamie, okay, we like your podcast and we want to put it on our network, but you have to do a YouTube channel too. I'd be like, okay, I'll try it. I don't have anything against have it. Have you done any <clears throat> camera stuff? It's really... Yeah, I did some uh, uh, San Francisco, some local commercial stuff back in the day. And I've done some stuff on camera. I'm, mm -hmm. I don't hate it. Yeah. I mean, I've always been... Did I tell you when I was little I had a TV show on public access television? No. <laughs> yeah, I... Um, I I really wanted to be on TV, and I had this idea for a little kid cooking show, or like talk show, and um, and I was like, Mom, I want to do this, and she went to, I mean, I lived in this tiny farm town, Hatfield, Hatfield and, Massachusetts. Um, yeah. yeah, and somehow she got camera equipment, and talk, I think it was the Northampton Public Television, and I got a slot and I had a, I think he was probably a 12, 12, because we were like seven, eight. It was my friend's yeah, older like brother. Yeah, a 12-year-old producer. Yes, <laughs> fil produced. We had, I think he was the more the, fil like the film production. Mm -hmm. And it was me and my friend sitting around a table. We had cue cards and we did this talk show and we did like three episodes and it got. Do these exist? They do, and I need to find... I don't know where they are, I, but I, they're somewhere. I have to see these. I have to see them, too. But you, Okay, so here you are. You're, you're a teenager in the age of super fame. You're a writer. You're a creative person. You had a TV show, but you didn't catch the bug completely. I didn't. I, did, I tried it as a little seven-year-old, I believe I was uh -huh. then, and I 
I was like, okay, that's enough. I didn't. Did people I, in town say, hey, you're the little no, girl on the No, show? it was so, it was three mm-hmm. things. Like, I'm, public access television at that time was like, I remember PTA meetings or something were filmed on there. Yeah. It was like. Well, people in Turners will say, oh, I saw you at town meeting saying something. On the TV? Yeah, because uh, it's all broadcast on the yeah, yeah. public I think access when I'm yeah. on town meeting. That's weird. I mean, I'm sure. But it's bigger than Hatfield. It is. But this might have been Northampton. Who knows? Well, I'll try to find it. Yes, we have to find this. But it didn't... I I wasn't obsessed with seeing myself on TV or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, it was fun to film because I... I liked being a little innovator and I knew that was... I knew Mm -hmm. I was, like, special and cool for doing that. Like, kind of out out of my age bounds, but... Mm -hmm. I liked acting on stage way more. Like, I was doing plays at that time, too. And, yeah, and you don't do those anymore. No. And when we talk about life and stuff and careers, you don't talk about career very much, but you certainly don't seem to talk about public ones. No. Like you want to, you know. Well, writing. Yeah. I mean, I was. I just finished a book. Uh, this is going so far off YouTube, but... I just finished a book about J.D. Salinger, because that's all my mom gives me for birthdays. And about his, you know, his, like, struggle with fame and... Yes, he ran away. Yeah, and he yeah. ran away, and... It Not made, ran away, he just... Yeah, he was like, no, writing to, yeah. writing and fame don't go together. Like, if you think that you're a phony or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really was Holden Caulfield. He really was, and... So now I'm... Now I question my yearn to write if it's... If it's because I want people to read my books. It's weird. So and now, yet... You know, when I when I taught you creative writing in summer school, I'm I'm like the first person who ever teaches young people this kind of disillusioning thing, and that is that yes, you should write to pour your heart out, and it's for you, but in the end, you have to think about it in terms of a reader because yeah. you want them to get from it what you want from it. So he must have thought about readers. I mean, oh, he, clearly. He communicated very well. Yes. And, and he made you feel things. And and he wanted to be published so desperately, mm-hmm. like, in the beginning. And he did. And he got... He never... It seems like he never really felt that publishing struggle mm-hmm. that people would drive to Cornish to... How early was Catcher in the Riot? I forget. It was 50s. Well, oh, no, in his career. Was it... The first thing it wasn't... It was, he had it was stories his only first. novel. Right. Yeah. He had stories in New Yorker, like... Um, to Esme. Yeah, to Esme. Didn't we read that? We did. Yeah, I, that was lovely. It is. Oh, I have a question about fame for you. Um, would you rather get famous off writing a book, off this podcast, or off having like an Oprah-style television okay, show? Definitely not the last one. Really famous from the book. All my life, I have loved writing and writers and I love when I have finished a piece of writing that I like but they're literally like six yeah <laughs> in my, um how long I'm not uh just stories and essays yeah. and stuff you 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 read one I think I did? Okay. um I'm not built to be a writer hmm. writers have to be good at sitting by themselves for a long period of time Ooh. To really be good. Yeah. So I would love to... I don't think there are really 
people who are famous podcasters. I'd like this mm. to be successful. I'd like it. I'd love, my dream is it would make my living and there'd be people. I would know there were 100,000 people listening. Mm-hmm. So you want to know that? I do. I, I, this isn't my journal. Yeah. I don't want to do it for my, me and my best friends. So for now, that's what I want. You know, if I ever changed as a person, we're more able to write. But I don't have a, it's, there's no dream of, there's no novel that's in my head that I'm not writing. I've yeah. kind of left that behind. I like, I like talking to other people about their writing. For yeah. Me. Did you hear about what Beverly Cleary did to write her books? No. She would just bake bread and she would just sit and write for as long as it took to bake bread. And then she would go off and do her family life and hang out with her kids. If she, huh. Yeah. I believe she had kids. I like bread. Do you like to make bread? I've never made a bread. You should make a bread. Hmm. My, my, my mother didn't cook very much. My father made like one pie a year. He'd make an apple pie. Apple pie? Yes. In fact, there's a story of my father, the first, one of the early apple pies he made, he was still learning how to do it. And he's, he's got his flour and his dough and he's rolling out the dough and he looks down and it's gone. And he's running around the room, and he's 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 going nuts, and he finally he's he's, he's I think he, he goes to my mom. He's like, what? and and she just starts laughing, because uh, listeners, if you ever if anyone ever hears this, I'm holding my hands up, as if I had a rolling pin in one hand. The dough Wait. was on the pin. Oh. <laughs> so. Uh, how about you? What are oh, your yeah. dreams of writing? Like, my dreams of writing. Yeah, I feel like you like me. You're a, yeah. you're a talented writer. You were the best writer in my class. You got the the summer session award. <laughs> I did. But I don't, you don't write that ego. much these days. I do actually. Do you? Have you been? I mean, I will write poetry. You don't share with me anymore. I know I don't. I don't share it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I have shared it with you a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's, it's very. But not like someone who's like. Every no. morning I get up at no. five, I write for an hour. And not like a reflective teenager who mm. loves to journal. It's more like I do write in a journal a little bit if I have like an important life event mm. or I just want to jot down. But it usually just morphs into some romantic thing. Like I have a journal just completely full of romantic stories, which <laughs> it's not supposed to be. I want to read that one. <laughs> Maybe I'll publish it. Oh my God. It. But it's crazy. But um, You could read them on your YouTube channel. Yes, that could that would get some views. But... Um, you do know how to sell stuff, like your like Instagram. No, I mean you know you know how to be to to make things that people look at. I do. I know how to market, but I don't do that with writing. Like, I know, yeah. Which is because it's like I when I make when I I love to do art and I have an art class here and but when I make an art piece, I'm not afraid to show it and hear mm-hmm. criticism. And with writing. I used to not be afraid to hear criticism because I didn't think I was good. Mm-hmm. And then I started hearing people mm-hmm. say I was good, so I was less likely to show yep. it. And I think that's yeah. one of the reasons I've been more able to, to make the podcast than, than to write. Because yeah. I don't think of myself as a professional. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not as attached to failing. If someone criticizes me, I'm like, oh, I'll learn yeah. from this. Yeah. M- whereas writing, I, 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 I yeah. struggled to try to write for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And then every word became so weighted with the 20 years of not writing enough yeah. and not getting enough attention and not, you know. Well, but I, I think it's interesting. I think our generations are very different. I don't yeah. really know this in people saying, I want to be a writer. Yeah. Because I say that, and I don't hear anyone else saying that. And from what 
from like biographies I've read before, it was more, it was more of an ambition. And, and now books aren't. Well, there used to be famous poets. Yeah. And that's, that would be a dream of mine. Can you name a, yeah. A contemporary famous American? You probably could think of one maybe, but. Michelle Brown. (laughs) Your former teacher. But, uh, you know, Robert Frost. Sylvia Plath. You know, he'd meet with Kennedy. Yeah. Sylvia Plath. Yeah. Just so respected in their writing, yeah. and now yeah. it's not. Yeah. But still, that like. Yeah. Now people think of it as a way to be famous and rich. Really? More than. I mean, I the people who so. just want to make art and, and they want to write, yeah. but they're mostly writing for writers, those people. Their yeah. readers are mostly like, other writers. Do you think. So you said I'm good at marketing, like for my, my Instagram, for example. Mm-hmm. So is that saying you think I would do something like Fifty Shades of Grey, Twilight? No, I think that if you, if you, if you weren't. So if JD Sounder hadn't affected you so much mm-hmm. and you wrote your pure, wonderful writing mm-hmm. and you decided you wanted the world to see it, you could, you could make it seen. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's because it's too precious. Well, I think that's now. Yeah. I, I'm not. It's not so precious that I don't want the world to see it, and I don't want to read it to you. It's more like, ugh, I just wrote this in at 11 p.m., and it's a half a page, mm-hmm. and it's it's it comes easily, and it's fun, and mm-hmm. I like it, but, I mean, I have two AP classes and insane other things I need to be doing, so writing can't be on the front burner, and my life goal is to kind of get it there. Mm-hmm. And then I'll start sharing it. There's a, there's a cliche question. I, mm. I, I, I always, either I resist asking when I do this, or I do ask, but it's always on my mind. You're 17. Almost 18. Yes, April 1st. <laughs> yeah. 10 years um, from now, what will you be doing? So I'll be 27, Seven. 28. And in terms of especially, you know, whatever. In faith. And fame, and, and yeah, how, okay. where do you want to be in terms of, you know? All right. And do you care, you know, in terms of... I mean, ask me this a year ago, and I'll say, I want to be an immigration lawyer who has two books published on the side with... Or no, 27, no. I want to be done with my law degree. I mm-hmm. want to be living in some fancy city and with some guy that can afford to... Share a studio apartment that's has big windows and exposed brick. But now, <laughs> yeah, now it's compl- so different. It's like twenty seven. I think I'm going to be a lot more adult than I originally thought I would be. I think I want to be more settled and I want more of a quiet life at that age because I'm already starting to feel this. Like I don't want to go. Even at 17, like, I want to be at home cooking and mm-hmm. writing. And that's kind of... I mean, my mm-hmm. friends aren't experiencing that at all. So... So, turning so, turning your question to me back around to you at 27, would you rather be writing whatever is the equivalent of a blog than about your life and your lifestyle and making a zillion dollars or would you rather have finished your second novel that only a couple thousand people see and you have to have a real job but you love your novels? I'd go with second. And I wouldn't say that a year Mm -hmm. ago. 
And I mean, uh, like, I don't know the struggle, what it's like to not have money because of my parents just supporting mm-hmm. me. So maybe in three, next year, I'll say, oh, I want a zillion dollars. Yeah, I want a blog. As, yeah. It's not as romantic as yeah, it's cracked no, up no, it's not. So, so if I could be comfortable and if I liked my mm-hmm. day job, I would much rather have my name published, but it being small and it be something that I'm really proud mm-hmm. of and not... Not like my Instagram. Yes. And of course, life isn't these absolutes and you probably yes. end up somewhere in between. And, you know, that, oh, that would be But they're just fun little hypothetical <laughs> yeah. situations. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this before we... I just think it's funny that you think my Instagram is at all famous, which it isn't. Well, maybe, you know... <clears throat> It catches the eye, and and then there your there are your people. You've you've got trolls. Yes, I do. Yeah, which is kind of ego boosting after, before and after the election. Ego boosting. Yeah, I think I've heard, look trolls get under my skin, but it's also like, huh, you you're looking at this like you saw, especially if it's a political message, you saw it and you're pissed, and I you got you commented on a stranger's yeah. thing because of it. That is such a healthy way to look at it. Yeah. Um, there's a This American Life episode I should find for you to go back and look at. It's this this woman. She's a feminist writer, and she had she had many many trolls, but one in particular who was just the most vicious. She found him, and they have a conversation, wow. and it's just found him in person. Found him in person, and they talked on the phone. I don't know if they met yeah. in person. Maybe I I got to go back and listen to it again, but it was fascinating because he was like. Yeah, my my life was just in the dumpster, no. and you weren't real. You were just someone to yell at. Yeah. And they have this really heartfelt conversation where she's still like, you were still awful and really, yeah. but she felt really bad. But he really. said things that were, you know. Yeah, I mean. But you take it and you turn it into like, you're giving me attention. Well, that's from years of bullying uh-huh. as a little kid. Uh-huh. And yeah, and just working with that in myself and Especially on Instagram, I'm I do I do know that there's like a shield there. Like I'm, and I have people backing me up uh-huh. who are my friends, and I I know other people who are supporting me who are liking this picture. Yeah, that's so much more present to me than someone saying like mm-hmm. something awful. Well, that's also very healthy because remember Anya in the in the fall with the grab by the ballot. Her photo. Mm, thing. Yeah. She she had never dealt with attention at all, and suddenly four million people saw this yeah, thing. Yeah, that's and incredible. And the trolls just really, really depressed her. <laughs> well, really? She, she was like, I didn't realize people really were this way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've realized you, that for a yeah, long time. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I've looked on very right. scary Instagram pages and yeah. read the comments and yeah. been kind of desensitized in a way, yeah. but... I wouldn't say desensitized, just aware yeah. and ready to face well, it. That's a good lesson if someone's going to be public. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm Jamie Berger.